Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation with me, Katrina Julia. Here, you're going to learn all things on how to get healthy, how to make money, and how to build brands and give back, along with tips, tools, and technology hands-on to get you the results to help you create a life and a business that you love. So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to It's a Fit Life Creation podcast today, and I'm super excited to be talking about Inspire with Influence with Bob Patel, the founder of Storyteller, and how we met was very, very interesting through just, you know, myself sharing authentically on social media, sharing, you know, the things that I'm passionate about, about health, money, and business, and Bob started commenting on, you know, my posts and commenting on the things that we were doing. And I had seen his brand before because an influencer that we worked with in the past, Jen, the social girl traveler, has actually done some collaborations and teamed up with them as well. And she's done projects. And Bob and I connected last week as well, and I learned how he's a corporate attorney turned now social enterprise builder. They've managed to get different charity partners with Storyteller. They're doing some athletic events with Spartan Race and several different fundraisers to really focus on impacting humanity and making our time in this world count. So now I'm going to pass it on to Bob to share his story and insight into Storyteller as well. Thank you so much for having me, Katrina. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity. It's great to connect again. Absolutely. Um, And firstly, just say that what you've created um, with FitLife is amazing. Um, I think how you've brought together health, wealth, business and charity all in one is something that first drove me to you guys. And I think seeing how you brought all that together, the important things in life all into one was just amazing to see. And I think for every individual, these four um, are the main points that everyone tries to achieve at some part in life. And I think bringing them together really gives the opportunity to people to make a difference, but also make sure that they are achieving in every aspect as well. Wow, thank you so much for that, Bob. And you can imagine, and you guys are going to get into this um, further on in the episode, but you can imagine it's been quite a journey of complete transformation from within. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think both of us, both of us had some sort of transaction. I mean, we've changed from exactly what we were doing maybe six, seven years ago to completely different fields now. Yes. So tell them about your um, experiences as an attorney and then how that transition happened into Storyteller. Yeah, sure. Great question. Um, I mean, when I look back now, actually, at certain events and experiences in my life, I see how it kind of all makes sense now. Um, so just looking back a few years now, um, at the age of 21, I finished law school and moved out to start my life as a lawyer. Um, back then, I'll be completely honest with you, Katrina, uh, my focus and mentality was completely different. So although I'd taken part in volunteering activities, my main focus was to be the hotshot lawyer, to be yes. uh, 
the Harvey Specter of, of law um, and actually make that lots of money to actually buy all those materialistic things, materialistic things that I wanted. Um, it was then um, during that time actually where I started to slowly lead fundraising events during my career in law, um, volunteer at pro bono advice bureaus and um, run weekly sessions at ch- children's youth clubs. And I think that feeling of impact was just incredible. Um, and it was soon actually slowly becoming a passion. That was when I kind of suddenly saw the goalpost started to move and the end vision had slightly um, changed. I wanted to do more things where I could actually impact lives of others in a different way at a grander scale. So I think that the passion was always there for doing good, but creating the right platform um, for a solid impact took the extra bit longer. Um, probably then the turning point from lawyer to storyteller um, probably came a few years in actually into my legal career. Um, it was only until January this year where I started working um, full-time into storytelling itself, but it was actually January 2017 where I came across a podcast. Um, you're probably aware of uh, Lewis House. Yes, the yes. School of, School of Greatness, uh-huh. amazing podcast, and a must listen for everyone. Um, yes. And he was in, he's interviewing um, Timothy Sykes, who said something really which stuck with me. Um, and he was, it's great to volunteer, but if you truly want to make an impact, you have to think bigger to make that bigger impact. And I think that was the first point for me where I thought, actually, I'm making an impact. And obviously, it's great to make any sort of impact. Um, but to make that grand scale of impact on a lot more people, um, it's got to be something where you're putting a lot more money into it as well. And with it comes a greater impact. So it was clear at that point um, that I wanted to combine the two things I loved, uh, which was the passion about travel and giving back to others to create something special. Um, and that's when Storyteller came to mind. So I had the initial idea of bringing these two things together, but then it was just, how do I do it in a way where it's going to be effective both as a business, but then also to make the greatest impact possible. Um, and I think how, how it fits really well is I've travelled a lot at this stage, so i travelled um, to many countries, and probably tra- over 20 countries at that point, um, and every time I travelled, I'd seen these problems around the world. Um, and as a traveller, I think a lot of your audience can probably resonate where travellers have the first-hand perspective on the world's biggest problems. And therefore, something in particular where I'd always been passionate about was the educational problem that I really wanted to impact. I think seeing so many people across the world, whether it is in Asia, South America, having the same problem of they are not getting access to a quality education, um, the adults are illiterate. And I think having a look at that in detail, I then having a look at the statistics, I mean, one in four adults across the world is illiterate. And it's amazing to see the world that we live in, that still is the case even today. So for me, that was really something where I thought, if you can educate a person or at least help them build a skill, it really helps potentially change the levels of poverty in the world. Mm-hmm. So after months of research, that's when I created a company of Storyteller, where I'd been brought together unique and custom travel accessories just so I could set myself apart from other companies Mm -hmm. but then also have a larger impact in terms of giving back to an educational projects and workshops around the world. I love that and oh my god I resonate with so much that you said and so amazing. Um, The first thing that caught my attention was how you were talking about when you first became an attorney 
and just the mindset of being focused on status and on the hotshot lawyer, right? Yeah. And I totally resonate with that because it was like during and also the the contribution of time and the passion to give back because one thing we didn't talk about before, maybe we did briefly, was when I was in college, I actually started a nonprofit with two of my best friends who became my best friends in the process. And so that passion, exactly like yours, was always there. However, you know, whatever you want to call it, the fear or, you know, cultural uh, brainwashing or, or just internal drive, because it's also it's kind of... ability to sometimes just go, just go against the status quo yes, and yes. That, that difficulty. Yes. And it was like, okay, after college, it was like, you know, get to hotshot corporate executive, you know, was kind of my mantra, right? Like, go through the challenges, go through the companies, whatever it takes, like, that's the quote, unquote, goal. Well, as you know, you and I'm sure you experience this as well. It's like getting there, even in the process of getting there, you start realizing, well, wait a minute, there's different pieces of me missing. And, um, you know, the external stuff is great. Sure, it's great. But when you're missing pieces of yourself and or you're missing pieces of your spirit, your soul, and who you are and the ways you want to impact, it's not really living a life true and authentic to yourself um, because it's allowing, you know, parts of uh, just parts of the world to kind of sway. But at the same time, like you said as well, it's when you do get fully aligned with your passion and your purpose and making money exactly in the way that you love to make it, then taking that money and turning into whatever portions or percentages of, of it, you know, depending on the business, depending on the person, right, to give back to different causes. Like, obviously, you also hit on, you know, traveling around the world that you see all the causes. And yes, it's amazing that one out of four people still, you know, are illiterate in 2018, yeah. And, you know, myself also traveling to over 25 countries and seeing, you know, extremes like, you know, traveling to India, perfect example, you see extreme wealth and extreme poverty, you know. And and that's a perfect example of basically you you haven't really got a middle ground there. And I think that's somewhere where one of the places I've been where I saw the complete poverty, but then also the complete opposite scale where, um, you know, they've got so much money that I know what to do with it. But Mm -hmm. it just shows the... That, that, that it's just a completely different world, completely mm-hmm. different. And then same thing here in the U.S. I mean, you see yeah. extreme abundance and you see extreme, you know, poverty. Um, and one of the causes we support, you know, we're very passionate. You talked about this with education is helping battered women. I also went through a relationship in my early 20s. So this is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, also um, military vets. And then in turn with that ending homelessness, and also helping and cancer, which exactly to your point, it's great to give time and it's great to invest time and support causes one off. But when you truly are making an impact with money and things that you love, then amassing in different ways money, you know, different ways that you do, different ways that we do, then you can impact those causes so much more. I mean, Bill and Melinda Gates or Warren Buffett are perfect examples. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they just exactly show that you can create something even bigger and even impact levels can be so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, once you create something that you love and you can give back to these amazing causes. Um, but the one thing I say as well is I think both of our journeys from myself as a lawyer um, and yourself as it was in the business field is we've learned so much from these fields and now implement them 
in a way where we can make it, an impact is super important because I think had we taken a different route, we might not be as effective as how we are right now. Yes, that's and it's so funny that you say that because I was literally reflecting on that very recently. I thought about, you know, what if I got out of college and what if I figured out this whole trajectory, you know, that I'm on now, right? And I realized it was it's a completely impossible for me to have figured it out because I didn't have any of the experiences and the same I'm sure goes for you. And not only that, but I would not be anywhere near as grateful as I am now. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, yourself as well, I'm sure you'll agree with the ups and downs that you have within these fields, um, but then taking away so much from it to now create what you have, especially um, with fit life as well is, is as a result of what you've experienced before. No, absolutely. And I tell people that all the time, you know, fit life creation, it's like I've lived, I feel like I've lived 10,000 lives and every single experience from health, money, business, you know, over seven industries, um, charity work, events, everything, you know, leading teams, everything is somehow or another has intertwined. But then also, as I'm sure you've experienced, there's been a whole nother curriculum that I had to take along the journey. I was about to say that exactly the same, Katrina. And I know that um, your background in business as well, I know that you absolutely crushed that field and you had so many opportunities to go um, further as you wanted. But I bet you still learned so much more on this journey. Oh, absolutely. I can tell you hands down. So um, I, I kind of equate, there's different bullet points in my life, Bob. It's, you know, going to school, going to grad school, right? That was, you know, an experience, right? Then being on a pre-season four for the Apprentice TV show, which is like a, for those that don't know, and, you know, different countries, it's like a um, it was a business show on steroids where you do different tasks and then, you know, there's different teams going against each other. And we had different tasks in beauty industries and entertainment industries. There was one that I was a project management lead um, with a music industry company that we produced an artist that was up and coming with a media kit as well as presented her to the COO of a mega radio station. And um, within two days. So that was that was an experience. Like I always tell people like an MBA on steroids. Then it's the whole like experience you have like after college, right? That you're going through all these experiences. And I'm sure like you were crushing it as an attorney and, you know, amazing insight and cases and things that you learned about, you know, human nature, humanity, so many different things. Money, uh, just the behaviors with money. And then going into the storyteller or, you know, my end going into fit life creation, I realized, you know, there, there was a great foundation and there was a great curriculum that led to the results in those areas. Right. But yeah, when, completely. but when you um, start, really go ahead. There is, yeah, for sure. Um, I think in terms of how wide transition as well, um, doing practicing law for so many years as well, going to a point where actually doing really well and knowing there's a path here for me to exceed in this field. Yes. Um, but then actually making that transition, um, I thought it would be a lot simpler. Um, <laughs> I thought it would be very much, I thought very much everything's simple and everything's very similar to the legal route. Little did I know that it's completely different and there's a whole new world out there. So whether it was um, starting the business from scratch and looking at how a business operates as a whole or whether it was actually looking towards the charitable field and actually how to make the greatest impact. Um, it's not to actually just provide resources, but actually going into uh, the places where the charities are based and actually learning a lot more on the ground, yes. which is the most effective. Yes, because to your point, it's realizing that, you know, people grow up in different conditions and different ways and different ways of thinking. And 
understanding and relating and connecting takes things to a whole different level for anything that you want to impact. Yeah, for sure. Completely, I completely agree with you. No, and you hit on something else too, and uh, the curriculum and you know learning and how you thought it was simple. Um, I can I I often also reflect back that you know when I look back. Um, you know, whatever anyone believes, right, whether it's the universe, our creator, whatever it is. But when I look back and I was making the leap of faith in 2011 and I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to like sail through this just like I did with my prior business experiences. You know, little did I know and our creator only revealed so many different pieces because very wisely, I can tell you that if I would have known how hard it would have been, I probably would have quit much sooner. And I realized that everything is literally orchestrated almost like very personally for each and every one of us to help you grow and become into the person that you're meant to be. Because now being, you know, seven years in, I realize like, you know, just character, business skills, uh, relational skills, so many different things that I've amassed, whether it's been through herbal life education, whether it's been through Brendan Johnson, Shailene Johnson, you know, meeting people like you, so many different, you know, happenings all along the way that I'm super grateful for. And I also appreciate now businesses and entrepreneurs on a whole different level because I know the level of work that it truly takes. Yeah, completely, completely agree with you there. And I think it, it's, it is until you actually a part, part of the journey, it's so difficult to imagine what it is like. I think the entrepreneurial route is so different to how people see. I yes. know that it's especially like last three or four years, it's been seen as a cool thing to do and everyone should actually be doing this and someone should be starting your business themselves rather than, uh, for example, going to university and colleges to be educated yes. and do these jobs. But actually, it's a hard route to take. It's not made for everyone. And I think the amount of people um, behind closed doors who actually probably have this idea to go down this route but then give up halfway probably is not publicized as much. So although it's got some amazing benefits to create something special, um, it's it's hard work. And I think you have to be the hardest worker in the room. Wherever you are, mm-hmm. you have to do that to actually succeed. Um and actually go further than what's expected to you every single time. No, absolutely. It's, you know, two things I always joke. It's like being an entrepreneur will expose every single weakness that you have. It's like being naked. It's like, okay, (laughs) it's like what flaw do you have per se? I don't like to say flaw. I always say that you either win or you learn. And there's a lot of learning. There's a ton of learning that goes in that, you know, skills that you can get away with not having when you're working for someone or when you're simply doing a side hustle versus when you're solely dependent on yourself to generate that engine to make money, you know, stably is, and like you said, you've got to pour in way more energy up front. It's like, you know, the energy that it takes, like, you know, if you think about a plane taking off and I'll equate this, I always equate this to being an entrepreneur that, you know, actually made back up years ago when I, you know, worked in corporate, did all these things, I always had a side hustle. And having a side hustle, again, you can negate a lot of skill sets, you can negate a lot of things, because it's like, okay, great, you know, I have this extra income, I have, you know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand, whatever coming in on the side, right. But when you're actually going all in as an entrepreneur, and all this is what I'll equate to the plane taking off. 
you're, you know, building, you're creating strategy, you're creating structure, you're creating systems, you know, all these different things. But then when you're super clear and you finally start moving faster and faster, just like when a plane is about to take off and it's going down the runway, it has the biggest amount of resistance right before takeoff right before takeoff to making momentum, right before takeoff into stabilizing cash flow. And that's where like you hit on people quit because they think it's supposed to be easier, but they don't realize in the process, you're becoming someone that's worthy of that because you've done the work. You've done the work. You've done the self-discipline. Yeah, completely. And uh, when you start something new like this as well, like you'll say with the pain energy, it's completely different. You're, you're getting on a different plane completely. So whatever you've learned before, yes, you can use that again. But there's so many other skills, like you say, that you've neglected before because somebody else has dealt with it as part of the company. You do your yes. work and then somebody else yes. is doing the rest. Well, actually, I'm sure you could uh, agree with this as well. Is at the start, when you first started FitLife, you were the person who did the admin, did the social media, did everything. You were FitLife. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm FitLife creation. <laughs> From, from actually responding to emails to customers to actually doing the admin work at the end, it has to be you. And if you didn't do it, nobody was going to do it. So it does, you are the brand. And if you don't embody the brand, I guess it, it's very difficult. But um, that change from becoming one person in a, in, a, in a corporate company to 16 people for one company yes, yes. is a transition switch <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, and obviously like you were the attorney, so, you know, you're not dealing with operations or like a lot of people other than the cases, sales, you know, logistics, emails, none of that. Yeah, for sure. And I just, I think that was a big change for me as well. And even little things from how I used to use social media, maybe five years ago, personally was just upload a travel picture. And that was the end of that. But now it's just, look, it's a whole new world. And I think, actually, um, a huge shout out to Jen. We'll speak about it later. But a huge shout out to Jen just for the tips that she's given me on social media. Um, Because I think just having um, that kind of insight in social media and somebody who's done it before is great. You know, you're always learning with social media. Oh, absolutely. It's something that you never really master, but you always have to keep switched on with everything that's going on. And how to create a, um, a better a better audience while creating um, that best audience going forward. Absolutely. I want to touch on a couple of things. One, yes, Jen is absolutely amazing and uh, loved having her with us in Cuba. Definitely learned a lot from her on video, on social media, all kinds of things. And two, selfishly, that's why I also love to work with influencers because they're always yeah. teaching and I'm always seeing kind of like what they're doing and just even observing the platforms. And actually, before we dive into really talking about what does inspire with influence mean, let's talk about your transition from being a corporate attorney to fully into storyteller. And I'll and then I'll chime in with mine on the tail end of that. Like, how did For that sure. happen? For sure. First of all, I'm just, I know your story, and it's way more interesting. <laughs> but let's go with my story first. Um, so. Mine is crazy. It's not. I wouldn't say way more interesting. I wouldn't say way more interesting. I would say crazy. Um, yeah, I love it though. Um, so my journey kind of started where about February 2017 is when I initially had the idea um, of I wanted to make a difference now. How do I think about what product do I want? What do I need to do next? Was the kind of first things I did. So I think as the lawyer I was, I again went down the kind of legal route of I want to start a business. So what do I do first? I know I'll write a business plan. And that's the first thing I did. That was a huge mistake. Now I know. But 
Lucy. I wrote like an amazing 20-page business plan about <laughs> products, how I'm going to get the, um, everyone on board and how it's going to be the most, biggest idea ever um, without having an idea what the, the actual main product was going to be. Um, without testing the MVP, nothing at all. So first mistake number one, <laughs> there it was. Um, never transition straight from law to business. Um, <laughs> and then, but actually, that gave me a great learning curve because having done that, I looked at things where some people who start a business maybe not wouldn't look at. So looking at all the risks, I looked at that. The first thing I did was look at all the risks. So that, I guess, gave me a better, clearer picture in terms of what I need to be aware of down the line. So it was still good and useful. Um, and as you say, you win or you learn. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't ever lose in these things. Um, so yeah, so, when I, so I, I carried on starting. Um, carried on starting with product launch, looking at the product and our main main um, flagship product, which is. Were you um, still joint. working this whole time? Yeah. So all the time. So between February 2017, um, going all the way up until January 2018, I was working as a solicitor, um, a lawyer. So all that time. In the background, I was creating products, creating the brand, creating the website, <laughs> did the whole thing, and then actually... Hold on, wait, Bob, hold on, wait, and you're married, right? No, no, I'm not. Okay, I thought you were married for some reason. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say, hold on, because I was like, wait, and there's a family there too, right? <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I don't think, I, I don't know how I'd manage that. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, was, it was at the time of, um, I just got into basically just practicing law, same time, okay. but at the same time being creating product base, testing the products. Um, testing materials, testing um, the brand itself, and actually speaking to other people within the space and learning about branding and what branding actually was mm-hmm. um, as, as a whole, creating the website, creating all the content for the website. And actually, once the website was nearly live and the product was pretty much ready to go to market, that's when I took the leap to quit law and then become a full-time storyteller. So I think that the, the point which I thought it's good to now transition was because I got to a point where I was doing both for so long, it was getting frustrating because I knew due to work commitments, I was unable to push storytelling as much as I wanted to. And it was then, it was, it was only a few months ago or January this year where I thought I had to take the step boldly. And I know that um, it's a difficult step to take. And I think for a lot of reasons, whether that was society, what others might think. And actually, a lot of people could probably resonate with this is going from something like a corporate job to something which is very um, although, although it's business related, um, it, although it is a business, you've got a very social um, business behind it. So I think that transition from going from something which is very corporate and very re- well recognised to something like this was a bold step to take. Um, and I think stepping boldly from that into something which is uncertain at times can be quite scary. Uh, but I was just very eager to follow my passion and simply just trust the process. Wow. Um, I love um, hearing like basically that you kept going on both ends. So you were burning like the midnight oil. Your side hustle basically became your full-time hustle. For sure, yeah. And I mean, there, was, there was times, Katrina, where I was stepping out of court <laughs> and then on the phone to a travel blogger or the manufacturer. And it was an insane switch. And, and I was going to say, I'm super impressed and super like inspired because I can tell you, Bob, being a prior, my last role in corporate was a chief audit executive. And I worked with several attorneys on fraud cases. I worked with a secret service and I can tell you and several business units and different companies and different industries and risk and fraud, you know, attorneys. And I can tell you never in a million years would any of them have started a business or 
or even anything remotely close to what you've done with Storyteller and just the vision of, you know, being a social enterprise and giving back. So like, so I mean, I can, and I can see easily just from interfacing with several, and one of my best friends is an attorney, but she's also very creative. So she's one of the few, I would say that I've come across actually two of them, but even in that avenue, the second was me. No, no, the third one was you is actually now. The third one's you because it's Angela, Lindsay, and now you. Is that like I know firsthand like the skill set that you had to learn to get to this point. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a long, hard struggle to get to becoming a practicing lawyer. And I think after doing all of that and then transitioning after, it can be seen as um, a switch. But I think the best analogy I give not comparing myself to um, Dwayne Johnson at all, but his switch from um, entertainment when he did WWE, when he did wrestling, and he was on top of his game. He then did the insane switch of being on top of Smith, which was amazing, and, you know, he was, he was on top of his game completely, and then going into films, um, which is completely different from him. And some people see it as an insane switch for him, but then just sometimes you have to take that leap. And obviously now for him, it's paying dividends. He's absolutely crushing it. He's one of the best actors in the world, but... That switch from crushing one entertainment business to another was obviously completely different. I think a lot of things very transition with that, where you can go from one thing to another, and it might not work out as you want immediately, but if you trust the process, it will happen. Absolutely, and that's a great example, and he's definitely somebody I follow for inspiration and feedback and you know similar to what you also you know experienced going from corporate and being a chief audit exec and having you know side hustles and and working in different industries in the past I thought oh it's going to be easy um and you know basically in in May of 2011 kind of basically just prayed about it let it go see what you know what was what was going to happen and the same day I was talking to my intern from Georgia State University, and she mentioned that I could go and um, basically that I could go and apply at Georgia State and be an adjunct professor, even though I had a master's and I thought you had a PhD. And at the same time, I got a project for IT to work on for several months. It was a contract actually up to two years and on the same day, a contract for a business plan for a resort company that also included aquaponics in Arizona. (laughs) So I said, yeah, so I said, okay, so I have some stable income. Oh, so I applied to the Georgia state position within three days, within a couple. Yeah, exactly. Three days. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Three days. So talk about the alignment, got a response from the Dean to have an interview. He hired me on the spot to be an adjunct after at the wow. lunch. So I said, okay, I've got this, this, and this. And I had a sports camp mission trip coming up also to give back in Austria. So I said, well, I want to give them my notice before I go because I don't want to, you know, again, perception is reality. People don't realize like the things you do and how you set things up massively matter. Sure. And I said, I don't want to go on the mission trip, then come back and give my notice. I'm, I want to give my notice and then it's still a month long. And if they want to keep me for another month, they can't. And ended up, they ended up taking the month notice anyway, stepped away. 
at first I had basically a consulting company because it's what I had been doing. I was doing chief operating officer, chief audit exec services, income was building, building, building. Again, though, in a sense, even though I stepped away from corporate initially, Bob, it was almost like I simply recreated the same exact thing that I was doing because it was comfortable. Then fast forward two years later, and I still felt like something was missing. Fast forward two years later, the, one of my best friends, Janelle, that we also started that nonprofit together, Millennium Models that I mentioned in college, that's actually still going on now, she got sick with cancer in 2013. And of course, we were hopeful. Of course, we thought, you know, things could turn around. I did a triathlon in her honor, but she actually passed in less than three months from the diagnosis. And so that was a huge wake-up call for me in a sense of asking myself the questions of, am I really living the life that I love? Am I really creating a life I was designed for? Is my soul on fire? Am I passionate every day? And or have I sacrificed for external things versus the internal things that are truly priceless and the impacts I want to make? Yeah, and sometimes it does take something to trigger that. Yes. And just take and then. I bet because of that, you took a step back from yes. everything and just evaluated life. Yes. I was yeah. like, it was, I was in a mini fog for like two or three months. At the same time, I started to leap. So in the first leap, let me also reframe or go back to this. In the first leap, in the first six months of being an entrepreneur, I made 10% of what I had made in the prior year. Wow. So, complete, yes. Completely different. Completely so all I am I I was like let me go back to that because wait I was like wait I said you know the initial results but wait let me say the first six months and you know submitting over sixty to eighty proposals a month so just giving wow. people yeah. the the insight so she passed I had always wanted to inspire through fitness and I had already lost over fifteen pounds with Herbalife the number one global nutritional brand. And I started to get even more inspired and I was reminded of a dream I had in high school to inspire through fitness and do fitness shows. So I said, you know what? I don't care like how quote unquote what age I am. I don't believe it's ever too late. I don't ever believe it's too early. I believe people like if they want to go for something like take all those notions out of your mind. And I went for it, lost a total of 55 pounds by my first fitness show. And then my business with Herbalife blew up in 2014 over 25 times just on Facebook alone. Yeah, incredible, incredible job, isn't it? And it's just sometimes sticking with it and making yes. sure you, if you believe in the brand, it'll happen. Exactly. And sure. yeah. But to your point, I found myself in the same position yet again that I said, wait a minute, all I just did was recreate the same thing. I recreated that I have a yeah. full-time hustle and I have a side, time, side hustle. And I said, I don't want that. Like, I don't want that. So I took another step back and I said, okay, like, like, what do I want? Because that, you know, we get so focused so much on what other people want. I said, what do I truly want? Like, how do I want to inspire with influence? What does that mean to me? And then going into, wait a minute, like, I don't have to pick to just do consulting or just do Herbalife. I can create an all-in-one lifestyle platform for health, money, and business in one with influencer integration, with giving back, because, my God, I wish something like this would have existed years ago. Yeah, and, and so why I not me? say to you, even, even having something like that now, <laughs> like when I first saw this, I just saw the words health, wealth, business, charity, all in one, <laughs> and I was like, amazing. 
this is the, 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 it's kind of just four words but bringing them together just brings um, a great magic it's just it's just magic having them all together in one and i don't think a lot of people have ever seen all these together but every single one of these points is just as important as each other Absolutely. And and what I realized in you know, my own journey, and this is what I think a lot of entrepreneurs and people struggle with, was that, wait a minute, I was going, you know, yes, I was integrating Herbalife. Yes, I was integrating meal bags. Yes, I was integrating, you know, online um, meal plans and all these different things. And I said, wait a minute, like I had to figure all this out for myself. And what if I taught others this, plus with my background as a CPA and simplifying money because I said, oh my God, I was making others seven to nine figures. I got to six figures, but then like through the process of being humbled and through the process of entrepreneurship, you know, there's been months where I'm, you know, didn't have cash flow coming in. And I realized you're the only person to blame for, like it's you. Yeah. For sure. And I realized like the pain points of entrepreneurs as well as my own, and then the money and the time that can be invested in spending with multiple people or coaches or programs that some are, you know, full of integrity, some aren't. And so through that pain process, and I laugh because it's, it's a birthing process for sure. And thank you for the, you know, just the praise and edification, but you can imagine it's been quite a journey, not even just setting up just like you guys with storyteller, the strategy, the structure, the systems, but then simplifying it and then like communicating and marketing and relationships to where people get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that behind the scenes work is what creates um, something that everyone sees um, on a website, on an Instagram post, but actually just creating the brand itself and what we do and we want, we want people to see um, resonates with them is just a completely different ball game. Um, yes. And uh, just making sure that that comes across exactly how we want again. Um, again, it's, it's just it's just sort of work itself. Absolutely. Um, and I can definitely say, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in how you moved cautiously because I would have avoided a lot of quote unquote accidents. But the, <laughs> however, there's also a lot of beauty and leaping and, you know, just trusting that somehow, you know, the net will appear and everything will be okay. Yeah, and sure. at the end, it's it's your journey. And I, I believe, you know, everyone's journey is exactly how it's supposed to be for them. So um, anything else you want to add on that point before we talk about inspiring? No, I think uh, you, uh, the way you I think the way we've approached um, how we've gone from corporate life to our businesses now, um, they both work, but they both have their ups and downs. I think sometimes playing it too safe and waiting for the right time, you might be waiting forever. And the, the opportunity might go. Um, and sometimes circumstances might change, um, which means that you can't just take that leap all of a sudden. Um, so maybe sometimes it might not work for everybody, but it might work for some. With your approach, sometimes it's just worth just doing it because there's never a perfect time for anything. <laughs> so yes. never, you can wait forever, but there's never a perfect nope. time. So, so, I mean, I think both of, both of ours work, but I just love your approach. It's just a crazy <laughs> story. I just love that one. <laughs> Thank you. I've learned, I can tell the audience for sure, I've learned to be way more cautious with a lot of things. And I've learned to slow down, that there's wisdom in slowing down and there's wisdom in ticking, you know, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, all of those things. So like definitely applaud yourself for taking a bit of a safer, less accident prone yeah. journey. <laughs> Um, so let's talk, let's, let's piggyback back to some of the things you mentioned and let's talk about inspiring with influence and 
what that means to you or what that means to Storyteller or maybe even talking about Jen or some of the other team members that you guys have? Yeah, for sure. So for me, Inspire with Influence means use your brand and use um, your team to influence others. Um, so for us as Storyteller, although we want to be, um, you know, we want to build the best travel accessories for us, it's also about making sure that we inspire people to travel more, um, but then also do good in the world. So by that, we mean, for example, helping um, volunteer, helping give resources and helping to fund educational projects and programs around the world. So although we are not a charity, um, a large part of the story television is to give back. And that's why we partner with like money charities um, such as UNICEF, NextGen UK, um, Global Citizen, the Bethel College and the Hope Foundation. And that way we can create a real impact in the system, um, in the educational system, but then also bring quality educational programs for children and adults around the world. Um, and it just gives the vision by working with these like-minded people a, a lot more, um, you know, complete structured method of how we do things. Um, and for me, I think I wanted to make sure that Storyteller was something where travellers around the world, but not just travellers actually, anyone around the world can come together um, in unity with a mission to do good. So we want to be part of a new wave of startups who prove that having balance between profit and philanthropy can generate a positive, positive outcome for all individuals involved. Um, and I think that resonates well with our long-term vision, which is to impact a million lives um, through providing educational resources in underprivileged areas of the world. I absolutely love that on so many levels because, and I love how you tied it in with the balance of between profit and philanthropy, because I think a lot of times people think it has to be one or the other. And, yeah. and in fact, when you integrate them into doing while doing and creating something you love, that's where the magic happens. Because as we've all seen, you see companies and organizations that are solely focused are much more so on profitability skewed. And then you have nonprofits. However, you also have in a lot of nonprofits, people that have a lot of fears or different things with money. And so that also shows up. So no, I love just the wording of highlighting and integrating profit with profitability and just working with like-minded people and just the community that you guys are creating, as well as the supporters that you've already amassed through your charitable partners as well. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I think just having that, especially as well with um, the creating the impact that we want to see as well. Um, so, for example, one of the products that we run is, although I knew um, providing individuals with resources, sometimes a pen and a pencil, um, and saying, here you go, here's some educational resources for you, sometimes um, this isn't what people in, in underprivileged countries actually want. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why one of the projects in particular, which I wanted to actually really grow going forward, is um, with one of our charity partners, the Barefoot College, uh, the Enrich Project, which actually focuses on more skill development. Um, and that includes... Uh, micro-enterprise, um, basic computer usage, um, environmental education. So basically helping them grow their skill sets where they actually, if they're grown adults, they can still use these skill sets and actually make a difference to where they are in life at the moment. So, for example, if they are running a very small business in a community at the moment, we can help them grow and expand that to the city. And I think that makes as much of a difference as if you're taking someone. It's still education, um, but it just takes that... Um, making a difference to a new level as such. Absolutely, because you're taking it on a detailed life-by-life -life level, which at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, before actually my recent trip, um, a couple of the members of the team went to India in March. And actually, we spent a lot of the time um, on the ground with the charity partners. And that was one of the things really that we really learned because we thought surely everyone just wants education. But actually, spending time there with these people, Mm -hmm. we saw that sure, for children, maybe education was a lot more important. But for the adults, they skills. would rather they want skills yeah for mm-hmm. sure you're absolutely right they want skills so just having a focus on both sides not just wanting what we think is right was just as important no i love that because you just hit on something that i talk about all the time with education and even how our fit life creation platform functions that Every single thing within health, money, and business is focused on skills and tools and tips and technology that is actionable because the biggest problem that most adults have is so children want education because children typically don't yet have blocks in their brain or fears or beliefs that stop them from taking action. In comparison, adults through different things they've gone through, confidence issues, life experiences, a number of things, they may learn the information, but they're not confident in their ability to do them and or to figure it out. So when you come in and show them and teach them and do hands-on, it magnifies the impact and the results so much. Yeah, I completely completely agree with you. Um, Love that. Um, Also wanted to ask you, what about some of the other initiatives you have coming up, like Spartan Race and like different things you're doing there, like with different partners, plus some of the stuff we're doing? For sure. Um, yeah, so it's Spartan Race, actually. So um, this was something that we thought about as a team. We thought, let's do something where we're actually testing ourselves and pushing ourselves to the limits. So we thought, Spartan, there's no better way than doing the Spartan Race. Um, so uh, we signed up for that, and we run the race on the 23rd of June, uh, which is super excited about. And um, thank you so much for all of your help with this. Um, a lot of our team, actually, I'll just let your listeners know that a lot of our team have, have had help from um, Katrina in terms of actually making sure that they've got the right nutrition, the right diet plan, and to make sure that we're, we're training in the right ways, really. And I think something that you've got on your website, really, even the, um, the free plans as well, which are absolutely amazing. And for free plans, I couldn't highly recommend them enough for everybody else just to get involved. And actually, just check out the the actual what you would get in your plan because it, it touches upon the nutritional points, the exercise, what you should focus on from a health side of things. But then also one of the programs, um, which actually I think we talked about um, not long ago actually, was the actual benefit from what health does to us and actually transforming that into mental wellness. Yes. Um, so having that both sides of things really is something that I'm interested in for sure and a lot of my team are as well. So once we've run the Spartan Race, that's when we come back again to you, Katrina. <laughs> and we're coming back with a different program this time. But, I love it. Yeah, so just to sure. give the listeners some more insight and so they know where to get like specifically in what program you guys were using – is um so you guys know go if you head over to fitlifecreation.com and the freebies we have a library that we're building but specifically what they used was the free meal plan builder and that is directly through Herbalife and it's super simple to fill in your wellness profile once you register and then like Bob mentioned you get a workout plan a custom supplement plan a recipe plan and um, basically some different videos and different things as well and Storyteller actually has a code going on right now, 10%. So if you use Storyteller's code, 10%, you get um, basically 10% off anything within the Herbalife platform as well as everything we have on FitLife Creation too. And they'll be filming some videos for us too, which we're excited to see. 
Completely. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we do them before, um, <laughs> so that so they're really nice and we can speak. And then also one for you specially. Oh, thank after you. After the race, after the race. Okay. <laughs> so you can see when we're all like down and out. <laughs> okay, perfect. I love that. And you guys should obviously definitely use that for your social media stuff, and then That's also true. across your um, influencers. Speaking of which, so. So to touch on what inspire with influence, you know, for me, and we've touched on this a couple of times already, you know, it really, really means having the impact that I make in the world and that we make in the world as a community mean something. And through, through that, that's literally simplifying health, money, business all in one and serving people to help, you know, create transformation, unleash inspiration in those areas in their life to create a life and a business they truly love. And to also partner with influencers and brands such as you guys on the social enterprise side to give back. But even beyond that, every single thing that anyone purchases from you know our platform, a minimum of 10% goes to help end homelessness or help end cancer and, of course, military vets and battered women as well. So to me, all those things tie into Inspiring with Influence. And how that ties into the influencers, you know, that we've worked with and the team and the community we're creating is I always say that vibes and energy is number one, you know, meaning can I be friends with this person? Could I see myself wanting to spend time with this person on a regular basis? And then the connection, the creation, the cultivation and the collaboration flows easily. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I think if you have an influencer, it's it's super important to make sure that the influencer blends the brand and product narrative seamlessly within their own content. Um, and that just makes sure that the influencer values your brand. Um, so it's just it's more than just a social media post, for example, to them. It's something that they fit within the brand values and there's a long-term view is working together. Um, and creating a lot more than just, for example, some social media posts, which um, which may get you some results, but actually to get better and I think strategic results, is, it's important to have that long-term relationship with them. I love that. And that's so true because as you can see, you know, a lot of brands are using – uh, influencer marketing and it's you know proven Forbes listed an article several others um, in our actually recent blog post and prior podcast episode you can tune in 11 times plus ROI however to Bob's point you know a lot of those statistics you guys are based on one-off posts are based on maybe two-off posts or simply coordinating a campaign all on the same day so imagine if you have people that easily integrate into your brand that embody those principles and those values and they go on long term, which is exactly what we've learned as well through working with influencers and setting up a, a long term, you know, focused type deal. And so I'm super excited to see like what the results are a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now on the community creation. What are some of your thoughts, Bob, on influencers you've worked with, how you found them, what you learned? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the, the first thing that I looked at when I was working with influencers is um, would I hire this person as part of the storytelling team? Um, so to ensure that this person was the, the right person for storyteller, um, I was ensuring that they had the same brand values as us. So, for example, two of our key main brand values are to showcase the inspiration behind travel and real and authentic travel, um, and also about 
doing good in the world whilst travelling. Um, so kind of having those two as two key pointers. And an example, I've got probably two examples I'd like to share uh, with the audience is uh, Jen Maria, which we obviously the social girl traveller. Big shout out to Jen, <laughs> as we both worked with as well. Um, so Jen, when I came across Jen actually for the first time, it was something where I thought this reading Jen's content and reading her website was exactly what Storyteller was. There was nothing where I needed to actually change or ask Jen to do anything. It would seamlessly be within you know her actual strategy and her content herself. Is I mean, um, those of you that don't know who uh, Jen, Jen is, um, Jen is an impact travel influencer. So that means that all of her trips are purpose-driven. Um, and she collaborates with like-minded NGOs and companies to create that real and direct impact on people's lives. Um, and that is that is what she does. So, so far, I think she's just top of my head. I think she's impacted over 13,000 um, human lives in six different countries. Uh, and that's done by carrying clean water filters, uh, most recently in Nepal. Um, building homes and teaching in schools and seeing all of that already which just embodied completely what Storyteller is about it's about traveling the world and seeing the sites but then also about giving back to these communities and these human beings so I think working with Jen was just amazing and I think still we've got an, I've got an amazing relationship with Jen um, where we you know we're still bouncing ideas so much as a side of Storyteller I think we bounce ideas in terms of businesses how to strategize the business, um, social media. Jen's got some amazing tips on social media management as well. So I think we've got we've created a relationship now where we're more than just influencers, and she's very much past the storyteller brand now. No, that's um, awesome. I love that. And no, sure. Jen definitely. I and I love some key points that you said, like seamless and fit in easily. That she embodied the brand, and I think that's key for the audience to really hone in on. And same kind of thing when we, you know, reached out to her for Cuba, that it was like, wait, she's a Cuban American. Wait, she does impact. Wait, you know, she does things with money and business and she's great with social media. So it was an easy integration. And I think even what I've learned along my journey is sometimes, you know, the compassionate side of us, right? We want kind of everyone to come along because we see the vision and the potential in everyone, right? But sometimes yeah, it's recognizing sure. that not everyone will choose to come along and or as an influencer, if they don't embody the brand, maybe they'll change in the future. But if, for example, if you're looking for a social impact traveler and you see someone that does great content quality, but every post they have is about a different collaboration and or, um, you know, a fashion type thing, it's not going to fit. You know, and yeah. does the person maybe care about causes around the world? Sure, they do. Maybe they do. But you don't see that visually. And it's an educational piece. And it's a complete shift in their brand that maybe they'll make down the road. But if they're not making it now, it doesn't fit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important now to pick and choose um, influences. I know that having an influencer board can bring you short-term results but for the long-term strategy and the long-term vision for the company it's so important to have like-minded people and like-minded influences on board from the start absolutely because i can i can say definitely from my end like i've learned things about you know outreach i've learned ways to make it easier in campaigns and how to list campaigns and have influencers come to you that they you know first do the homework 
and um, look at your brand and look at ways to apply or look at ways to do campaigns because it's much easier that if someone already says, hey, I want to be a part of your community and I love what you're doing and I'm submitting myself versus you or your team having to do it manually and they may or may not be interested. And so for for you guys, you may also want to go check out the recent blog post and prior podcast episode on how to build your brand with influencers and double your return and a free guide. And that hits on a lot of these points that Bob and I are talking about and just values and vibes and where to find and how to find them. Or even if you are thinking about being an influencer or you want to grow as an influencer, like different platforms that you maybe want want to be on or ways to position yourself to really work with the brands that you want and why they might be rejecting you because you don't fit. Yeah, completely. Um, and it's, it's just, again, like you said, really, like you touched upon, it's um, people can do their homework and come to you and say, I want to be an influencer for your brand. But if they don't just fit in seamlessly without you having to do anything and, and maybe change their contest slightly so it fits, it's not going to help your company and your brand in the long term. Yes. And then another thing I want to touch on before we wrap up the podcast, you guys, and this is both from a brand standpoint and from an influencer standpoint, and you've probably experienced this quite a bit as well, is believe in your brand and believe in who you are and don't beg, chase, or force people. Because I've seen both brands do this and I've seen influencers do this and recognize when it flows and it's easy, people willingly want to work with you. And, and another key indicator, and this is as an entrepreneur, as an influencer, if asking yourself, would you be willing to do something for free for the value that you get? And that's a question as entrepreneurs we have to ask, especially in the beginning, because a lot of the times you're doing stuff for free with the payoff in the end. And so it's asking even with influencers, and I'm sure you've seen this, especially as being focused on mainly and solely charity, but also using the money from the items and whatnot from Storyteller to support different things around the world is, you know, is an influencer trying to come to you for a post for $10,000? You know, that's not going to fit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think what you touched upon there really would just um, complete the, the immediate point really is that if someone comes to you and they say, I really want to work with you, and that's that's what you get without any sort of um, initial money discussion, that person's probably worth the discussion yes. a lot more. Um, yes. And I think because that's because they love the brand and they love what you do, rather than if they come to you and say, here's my approach and this is what I'd like to do with you. Here's my charge for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it may not be the right person to be around. Yeah, it's a very different energy. And exactly to your point, Bob, besides you recently, two days ago, I kid you not, I had someone after I posted the article, and I still don't know because she hasn't replied yet where she found it, whether it was the article, whether it was a backlink or something. But a woman that reached out to me that's currently a manager or vice president at Salesforce no like discussion of money whatsoever just basically sent me her resume and said I want to work with you I want to do something with your brand here's my resume I can do tons of stuff for you <laughs> yeah. amazing absolutely amazing I yeah. think that just shows the complete vision it shows that 
how strong your brand is, Katrina. Because Thank you. People are reaching out to you to that extent with CVs. <laughs> well, and it made me laugh because I was like, oh my God, like surely, surely this money, this woman has money because she's like a vice president. But immediately I was like, wow, I'm so grateful. And I replied back to her, you know, I said, wow, I see. I said, let me, I said, wow, you know, how'd you find us? Thank you so much. Um, you know, what did you have in mind? Because again, you know, I don't know if she's particularly interested in, you know, a mastermind, a retreat, an academy or whatever. But immediately I went and looked at her CV, Bob, because I said, wait a minute, this could even be bigger than she thinks. And so I looked at her CV and I said, wait a minute, she's a VP for Salesforce. Wait a minute, we could collaborate with Salesforce and or some of the other brands that work with Salesforce and create an influencer experience and she wouldn't have to pay for anything. Yeah. And in fact, they could contribute because now I'm talking to the brand, which is a whole different ball game. Yeah, you can have the immediate talk straight. To yeah. Let's talk about how we can collaborate and do things. Yeah. So it was it was yeah. crazy. But to your point, it's 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 I definitely like from an influencer standpoint, a one off basis. I definitely pay attention if someone is solely looking to do a one off post. Yeah. Versus how do you, how do you just just for the for the audience actually, Katrina, uh, it might be useful to know how do you approach and identify um, your influencers? Do you go out and reach out to them yourselves, or how do you kind of reach out? This is the right person for me. So great question. So it's actually it's definitely evolved over time, and I give like the definite detail in the blog and in the guides, but I'm going to touch on the highlights here. So. And in that podcast episode, but the highlights are basically in the beginning, we started doing direct outreach. We did direct outreach via hashtags. We did direct outreach via, you know, accounts that look like they were a great fit, like Jen, for example. And I would basically send an email that, you know, more or less, some of you may be familiar with like a pitch letter. And it was basically, hey, you're, I think you're, you know, how are you? I think you're amazing. This is what I think is amazing about you. Like I, you know, so this shows the person right up front. It's almost like a cover letter for a resume, right? It yeah. shows them right up front. Like, okay, this person is serious. They did their homework. So like I, when I messaged Jen, for example, I said, wow, I saw that you're a Cuban American. I saw this, I saw that. Like, so she knew I wasn't just wasting her time and I wasn't like some just like automated email. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Then I said, Hey, this is what we have available we would love to talk to you about attending our, you know, Cuba retreat or whatnot, right? Um, and if you're interested, please, like, you know, let us know. Please let us know any questions, etc. So in the beginning, it was a lot looser because I was kind of figuring out the process. I was figuring out influencer marketing. I was definitely doing the, like you talked about, the minimum viable products from every direction on everything. Um, so I, I definitely am like you, Bob. I definitely had my business plan and I revisit it every week, but I was also testing all the time. And so I realized, so from our first batch between our Costa Rica retreats and our Cuba retreat, we had over a 70% response rate, which is unheard of in influencer marketing. It was crazy. And when I was talking to Jen about it, because I was so new to it, you know, she you know, mentioned, she's like, well, think about it. You're offering a trip. You're offering what hotels normally do. And on top of that, you're offering health, money, and business all in one. Like people are like, sign me up. You know what I mean? And, um, but then what I recognized is number one, that process was very manual. Number two, even if I scaled it to a team member, it was going to continue to be very manual and tracking results and all kinds of things. And then number three, I recognize that the people that I thought were great on paper 
for example, you know, that looked great on social media or their posts look great or their platform looked great. I realized like maybe they weren't necessarily the right fit for the long term because I realized the influencer that I was looking for was someone that highly valued personal development, that highly values being healthy, making more money and building their brand all in one and sees the value of integrating it with press as well as potentially giving back. So I realized that was a completely different dynamic than solely focus, you know, focusing on the person that just wants to get paid for a post. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally different mindset. I mean, night and day. And I can tell you, so it evolved from that into then doing some campaigns on hype market, doing some campaigns on rep and collaborate, which and and ninja outreach. And I can tell you in January alone, we received over a thousand submissions. And so it started to become easier and easier because I could immediately tell from an account if someone was, you know, positive if someone was healthy, if someone was at least on that trajectory, because it's not to say that we can't help them, but maybe they're better fit, you know, as a client. Yeah. But yeah. So it's just kind of differentiate yeah. yourself from influencers to potentially clients. Yeah. Because if you're having uh, someone represent yeah. you as a business builder or as press, well, you hit on the head. It's like they need to seamlessly integrate, you know, and recently we're also running some campaigns right now on Tribe. We ran one last month on the 14-day challenge, which you hit on, the mastermind with health, money, business, all in one. And we have the freebie. So we ran a campaign on that, tested some influencers and tested like some questions and different things for long-term collaborations. And those are they're willing to go into long-term And then now we're literally running a campaign on contests and basically posts integrated with a contest for people to get a spot in our Atlanta and or Brazil retreats coming up. Yeah, amazing. Thank Uh, you. Yeah, it's it's amazing how you you kind of built the strategy though from going from you going out to approach Mm -hmm. these um, to now having this network of people applying, but then also looking at profiling. Yes, um, and actually now differentiating because your your brand is so well built. Um, you know what your brand needs. Thank so you. No, I appreciate that. It's of, been a lot of work. Yeah, for sure, yeah, and I can see um, that you know that you embody the brand now so much that you know exactly who would fit in and who wouldn't, um, and in what way as well. Because there might be certain influences that might work, yes. work well for yes. certain projects, yes, but not in the long term. So it's just kind of having that balance and knowing yourself really um, as the founder of where this person will fit mm-hmm. if you take them on board. No, and to your point exactly, we had, you know, it's testing and it's always learning and it's always being open that even if someone doesn't initially look like it, then maybe they'll morph or maybe they can fit in one or two dynamics. You know, so we typically start those off, like say in the seven day challenge because it's seven days, you know, it's a quick collaboration, but it's an easy way for us to see and for them to see like, is this something they want to continue? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But we've had, like, for example, another big influencer we had, Marianne. Um, she has over 160,000 followers on Instagram alone. She was in our Transformation Academy. I mean, she was perfect from the onset. We did an outreach on Ninja Outreach, which is another platform. So it was one letter that I wrote, and I just basically sourced and filtered by different influencers that I thought were a great fit. So it was also a time saver. And she was one of the ones that responded. She wanted, she was all, she's a foodie. She loves travel. 
she's done a lot of collaborations with different brands and she features like like it to know it but she had been literally like when I talked to her the first time she said you know I had been in a rut and I didn't know yet where I wanted to take my brand next and when you reached out to me to be in the academy to you know help me get healthy make money and build brands and be in a program with you for three months she's like I and this was a huge compliment she's like I saw you like a Lewis Howe basically reaching out to collaborate with me and I was like awesome (laughs) You know, her words, not mine, uh, but that's yeah, immediately. That's really cool. and, and, it's huge, yeah, that's a huge compliment. I can see the resonation for sure. No, so, I mean, and to your point, she didn't talk to me about any money whatsoever. She was yeah. grateful about being an opportunity. She recognized that the value of it was well over $10,000. And so she wasn't, like, concerned at all about a per-post basis cost. Like, yeah. she knew that's her like, value, but she recognized what we were giving her. Yeah, completely. I think the point that you hit on me there is just that point of um, there's no initial talk about any sort of money going towards them. Um, And that's something really which I really kind of touched upon as well. And I think if you have that initial conversation with someone, which is initially straight away about how much is the influencer getting paid, it might not be the right right thing for you. Um, And I think some of the things really is uh, how we we reached out to um, just another way. It's very similar to how you started off reaching out. So we've handpicked small influencers at the moment. Um, just because obviously we're, we're very early on in terms of where we are as a brand. So we're very much about what picking and choosing. So mm-hmm. in, in terms of, um, uh, just as an example of one of our other ambassadors are um, two girls in Mumbai. So they're based in Mumbai, um, uh, Jandani and Simone. Uh, they're on Instagram as Grab Your Globe. So I came across them uh, and I think I just started following their content. But the way they presented themselves as super inspirational travelers. Yes. But also sharing content which was real, authentic, and with a human touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was it was like you wanted to see what was next with them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of how they inspired to travel more, it was it was something where I wouldn't need to do anything at all. And they, were, but they were inspiring me to travel more. And I think when that happens, it's very much a journey of the, these guys will completely fit to the storyteller and know exactly. Um, how to re- how to actually represent the brand as well. So I think having that initial touch of your you as a as a founder are excited by um, the individuals and also mm-hmm. you follow them with with a passion. That initial really really does help. No, absolutely. And you hit on um, something when you said you, they inspired you. You know, um, one of my one of our mentors with Herbalife, Garen Jones, he talks about. People do stuff out of either inspiration or desperation. And it's a very different energy when you're inspired by someone and you easily see them in your community or on your team. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. And at the same time, I want to say that, you know, I think a lot of times people are afraid to try or afraid to take a risk on people. And, you know, recently on the flip side, we had an influencer that, you know, travels, she's a student. Um, you know, several different positive aspects and we thought she would be a great fit. And she right away was like, oh, I'm super excited about this. I think this is amazing, et cetera, and dove in. But then it was almost like a hesitancy or a fear because she mentioned something, you know, I always have like a call with each, you know, collaborator, something about, oh, are you going to ask for money? And I said, huh? Like nowhere have I asked for money. Like, why would I ask you for money? You're doing press for us. You know, like that doesn't even make sense. And I realized, I said, wait a minute, you know, she's probably been scammed by other people. You know, they've taken advantage of her. So let me give her some compassion and some grace. So I did. And I said, you know, listen, like, this is not who I am. Like, feel free to go read. You're going to talk to me if you still want to feel free to read all over on my bio. 
And no, I'm not asking you for money, but at the same time, like understand, I don't do drama. I do high vibes and we're creating a community. And if you don't trust it, and if it isn't something that's a good fit for you, well, then it's just simply not a good fit. Like I'm not going to keep reassuring you every step of the way. Yeah, for sure. You know, and so she initially got into the collaboration. She did a couple posts with us. And then she rescheduled two calls and two lives that we were supposed to have, as well as missed um, some comments in the mastermind and missed some stories. And so, of course, you know, as the creator and looking at, you know, all of our influencers, I'm looking and seeing what people are doing. It's no different, you know, with your team. It's no different whether you have influencers, whether you have, you know, fundraisers, whether you have charity partners, whether you have a team. It's seeing which people fit and which ones are adding to the energy of the community or the team or aren't. And so like today when, you know, a call was missed, I, you know, just basically real nicely and politely, I said, you know, hey, I hope everything's okay. But like now based on these four points, like it doesn't seem like this is a great fit and it doesn't seem like there's a value recognized for the value that we're offering and or the time. You know, and I just left it at that. Like, I just made the decision, like, hey, like, great. We got a couple posts. We had a couple interactions. And it's time to move on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, when you have that initial kind of stretch of the first few weeks and so many kind of mishaps, yep. you, you, you kind of realize, I guess, as a founder, you, you can't afford to have that. So I guess you realize maybe this isn't the right person for me mm-hmm. as a brand. Yeah, and you realize in the beginning, like, I'm willing to stretch, I'm willing to offer, but at the same time, at some point, it's like, "Mm, you're probably a better fit as a client if you choose that, because clearly you're not believing, or you're not valuing yourself, or you just simply don't want to take the time for yourself on this, because, you know, it's, it's, it's recognizing, like, when you go to college, there's a value there also within that. It's kind of the same thing. It's investing in yourself. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, awesome. So anything else you want to share um, from anything else that you guys have coming up? So we've mentioned, obviously, some of your charity partners. We've mentioned for them to go to your site to see some of the things that you guys currently have going on, the Spartan Race, anything else? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we've got Spartan Race 23rd of June coming up. Um, the next thing actually we're working on at the moment is a crowdfunding campaign. So we're giving all of our backers and all of our followers, really, an opportunity to get some of our new products range, which comes out, hopefully, uh, around the middle of July. And that'll be just an opportunity for all of our all of our followers to read, have to purchase all of these products and get them first uh, before anybody else. But then also an opportunity to get our existing range of products um, just in different colors and ranges. So you'll see some of our um, travel accessories from our website. Uh, and, yeah, feel free to, to give us a shout if you need anything else. Perfect. Time, send, me, send me that link, Bob, so that when this podcast goes live, I can make sure that I include that in the link. And then I can also include that in the email blast that we send next week. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Katrina. And it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you. You inspire me each day more and more. Oh, thank you. Likewise. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, l- let me go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast, you guys. But Bob, stay on for a couple of minutes so we can just debrief. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, you got tons of value, I know, tons of giveaways. And Bob, you definitely inspire me with what you guys are doing all across the world. And I have definitely been peeking and watching you guys ever since, especially I saw Jen tune in as well. Thank you so much, Juna. Okay, hold on. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's see. Um, inspire. Let me make sure I save this and don't lose it because that would be a shame. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in with me at It's a Fit Life Creation. 
If you haven't already, head on over to our website at fitlifecreation.com where you can follow us on all social channels and explore our blog and so much more. And you may want to start creating with us in our free 14-day challenge, our creation club, to help you get healthy, make money, and build brands so that you create a life and a business you love and create transformation and unleash inspiration.